BYU Cougar baseball is on the air as the Batcats get ready to take the field. The Rockets want deep left field. Left fielder looks up. That is a grand slam home run. This is BYU Baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now to get you ready for Cougar Baseball, here's Brent Norton. Welcome to Larry Miller Field as we enjoy the very nice rendition of the anthem here for uh, the opening pitch of Game 3 here. Brent Norton, Cameron Coughlin today. And a few minutes ago, I had a chance to sit down with uh, Head Coach Mike Littlewood, talk about the recent success of uh, BYU baseball and specifically more about this ball game tonight. So with that, uh, we'll share that with you right now. I'm here with uh, Head Coach Mike Littlewood and Coach... Uh, your team is off to a tremendous start. 20 wins, five losses. Uh, things going really well for the Cougars. Any surprises this year? Anything that's happened, the success that you've had that have been a little bit surprising to you? Well, I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say our pitching, what our pitching staff's doing is, is surprising. I mean, I, I know we have talented guys that are able to do this, but to put together the mental side of it, um, the command, um, the, the velocity of every guy, and the consistency, you know, it just uh, and and really the mindset. I mean, you put all those things together. That's what you have to do to to do what we're doing on the mound. And so that's probably the biggest surprise. Coach Bradshaw's got to be a big part of that. Uh, like you said, there's so many different mental and physical aspects to, especially pitching, and he just seems to have them all locked in right now. Yeah, if you ask him, he'll deflect the credit um, and just say, "Hey, it's the guys buying in." But he's got a very detailed throwing program, um, and what. Easton was talking about Walker last night with you on the radio is how he knows every single guy, their strengths, their weaknesses. And I think he really does a, a nice job of exposing the opponent's weakness while still staying with 80% with our strengths and, and what we do well. And, you know, his his big thing is you have to throw with intent. Um, and he talks about intent all the time, and, and our guys are doing that. You've played uh, three games this week. Brock uh, Hale, seven for 12, four home runs, nine RBIs. Slugging percentage of uh, 1.66, uh, pretty good week for Brock, and uh, it, it's nice to see him swinging the bat like that and and being so locked in at the plate, and uh, he can really carry a team. Yeah, he's seeing the ball pretty well right now, <laughs> as the, the said the biggest understatement of the, the entire world. But we need Brock to do that. Um, Brock's just one of those guys. He's a presence in the lineup, and when he's swinging it, he's just not the presence. I mean, they're they're scared of him, and and they pitch him differently, and. With Jackson Clough hitting well behind him, it, it's a it's a tough couple guys to get through in our lineup. Uh, you have to go through Sue and uh, today Call, and then so it, and then the bottom of our lineup. There we're extending our lineup a little bit, getting production out of of especially seven and eight, and so it's it's good that way. But um, Brock's, I mean, he he could be up for National Player of the Week this week. I mean, he's having an incredible week, and it's just nice for us to see him locked in so well. And and that's kind of the Brock. I think you'll probably see him, maybe not as this hot of a streak, but you'll see him play at a high level and swing it at a high level the rest of the year. Uh, I love Brian Sue at second base. Looked very natural out there. I know he played there a few games last year, maybe the year before. 
he looked like a natural. Always a great defensive player wherever you put him. Kringle looked good at first. Uh, I like the idea of calling the DH role. I think he the way he swings the bat um, looks like a pretty good lineup today. Yeah, I mean, I feel good about the lineup. With a, we're going right, left, right, left, right, left to, to begin, and I like I like that. Uh, we we could have gone Hobbs Nyberg in the outfield. I thought about that as another left-handed hitter in the nine hole, but we'll see how Jaron does against this guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I just uh, I think Brian Sue just he was a high school shortstop, played third, played. I saw him in East LA. I remember many many years ago watching him play second base and shortstop in the same game and just really he didn't used to throw like he does he throws down if you haven't seen him throw kind of like a gunslinger like he's pulling a gun and shooting the ball out of his hip and that's because he's had labrum issues and so it's easier for him to throw down there he can throw up top but it's so natural at second base he turned that double play yesterday from the hip um, like I don't think we have a guy that can do that and then nice easy couple plays at second so he definitely feels comfortable I hate losing him off first base he's so good defensively there as well that was BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood. For lineups and the first pitch, let's rejoin Brent Norton. Well, game has just begun here in Provo, St. Mary's and BYU. Justin Sterner on the hill, 2-0 count on the leadoff hitter Ryan Nova, center fielder for the Gales. Cougars have won the first two big here, 10-6, and last night 11 to nothing over St. Mary's. Joined by Cameron Coughlin here today, a swing and a miss. 91-mile-an-hour fastball, and the count goes to 2-1. Novus, 2-for-8 in the series with uh, center fielder, excellent uh, center fielder. On an overcast day, kind of partly cloudy. Best day we've had for baseball in the last couple of days. Anyway, that ball's fouled out of play. Good week for the Cougars. They beat Oregon on Tuesday, came back and beat, uh, in fact, two good weeks. As, uh, this is uh, They've won seven straight, looking to make it eight, and have won 20 games. Yeah, Brent, BYU's really rolling right now, and uh, we talked last weekend is how important it is for BYU to win those midweek games, especially against a team like Oregon, and then to come in and uh, continue that momentum with St. Mary's here. 2-2 two, two pitch. There's a ground ball down to Deming, the third baseman. Austin's got it. He throws wildly away from Kringland, so that'll be an error on Deming. He had an, an error last night also. Very easy play for Deming. Came right to him, had an easy hop, and then just threw it away. Yeah, that was kind of interesting, Brent, because it was a, just a routine play, and he had plenty of time and just kind of threw across his body. Maybe his footwork wasn't as, quite as good as uh, he had thought. And uh, Keaton Kringlin over at first, and he hasn't had a ton of time over there, so uh, hopefully they can uh, mitigate this damage here and uh, roll a double play here. Joe Vranish steps in. He is the left fielder. 347 average for Vranish. And the first pitch is up high, ball one. Sterner, good velocity, 91 to 94. And uh, good breaking pitch, the junior out of Laguna Niguel, California. Sterner actually a sophomore, not a junior, so we'll give him that year of eligibility back. There goes the runner, and the ball's fouled off. Yeah, one thing from watching St. Mary's in the past is they're going to be aggressive on the base pass. They're going to get runners going hit and run, uh, try to create opportunities, especially with how they've been playing the last couple games, not being able to score a lot of runs against BYU, and how this pitching uh, staff has been performing. Uh, They're going to do whatever they can to try to get runners in scoring position. I'm sure they uh, would like to jump out early. The Cougars have had a couple of big first innings to get way ahead of the Gales and uh, have not uh, been able to 
make up the difference. Ball and a strike. Novus at first base has a six stolen bases on the year, and there's a bunt down the third baseline, and that ball will roll foul. Good bunt by Vranish, but uh, just got caught in the turf out there a little bit and rolled uh, foul by about a foot. Agree with you, when you've been pretty much beat up in the first two games, you, you want to do everything you can to score that first run to give your team a little bit of momentum, a little bit of confidence. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, and I think putting runners in motion, putting down a bunt like uh, – Vranish just tried to do right there for St. Mary's. Um, it's just ways to try to get some energy and, and get everyone on the team feeling like, hey, we can we can win this game or stay in this game early and try to establish what we want to do instead of BYU trying to dictate to us what they're going to do. Ball and two strikes. Vranish steps back. Here's the pitch. Fouled out of play. Cougars with Kringlin at first, Sue at second, Jackson left the shortstop, and Austin Deming at third. Mitch McIntyre in left, Jaron Hall in center, Brock Hale in right field. Noah Hill behind the plate, and uh, Justin Sterner on the mound. And Brian Call DHing today. As again, Sterner rocks and fires. That pitch gets up and over the catcher's head, way over Noah Hill's glove, a wild one. And the runner moves into a scoring position. Well, uh, as we saw Sterner last week, was really uh, throwing his fastball for strikes, working inside, outside on both uh, left-handed and right-handed hitters. His velocity was good last week. He's around the same velocity. So let's see today if he can really establish that fastball for strikes, work inside and outside to both sides of the plate, and uh, use that that secondary slider as maybe an out pitch. Two and two. Curveball outside. Sterner, this is his... uh... Sixth start of the year. Four wins, two losses, 2.45 earned run average. In 29 innings, has 33 strikeouts. Opponents only hitting 173 against the right-hander. So three and two the count here in the top of the first. And here is Sterner's pitch. Swinging strike three. Foul tip back into the glove of Noah Hill. One man out. 92 on the fastball from Sterner, and that will bring a Kevin Milam, who was the number one day one starter for the uh, Gales. And he gave up uh, five runs in the first inning of that ball game. Cougars have scored five in each of the first two first innings. And the pitch to Milam is a little bit low, ball one. Cougars with a lot of good young arms on this squad. Uh, Reed McLaughlin came in in relief of uh, Jordan Wood and faced 10 guys, retired all 10. Young man, uh, uh, very, very effective. There's a ball fouled out of play. And Easton Walker has not allowed an earned run in over 30 innings. That's I mean, incredible. Pretty amazing stuff going on with his staff. Jordan Wood really didn't have his stuff. He knew it in the bullpen and uh, just kind of worked his way through five and two-thirds. And and then McLaughlin came in and uh, finished it up. A ball and a strike. Cougars pretty, in pretty good shape in the bullpen for today's game. Most everybody available, and that ball's fouled off 0-2. Yeah, Brent, Coach Littlewood in the pregame talked about 
the word using the words mindset and consistency with his pitching staff and throwing with intent. And uh, you know, Coach Bradshaw, um, Coach Littlewood said Coach Bradshaw would deflect all the responsibility for that, but you got to hand it to Coach Bradshaw coming in as first year pitching coach and getting these pitchers to believe and have a mindset that's dominant and uh, that's what's happening so far this year for BYU pitching. Ball and two strikes. Pitch is fouled off again. Out of play. Well, the team ERA right now for BYU 3.12 and in league play BYU is at 2.19. So that just shows yeah. you how dominant. Uh, you, you get ERAs down in that, that down in those levels, you're going to win most games. Yeah, especially in college baseball. Um, and, and the bats for BYU are starting to heat up, and they're starting to score six, seven runs um, and put runs on the board to support this pitching staff. One-two pitch just off the plate. Count goes to uh, evens up at two and two. One man out, one man on. We are in the top of the first, St. Mary's and BYU. Cougars looking for their eighth straight win. They're now 20-5 and five on the year. St. Mary's 16-11. and 11. And they are 3-2 and two in the conference, and the Cougars are 6-2 and two in conference play. And here is Sterner from the stretch and the pitch. Ball hit pretty well, deep left center field. Back goes McIntyre looking up, and this ball is off the top of the wall. Here comes the runner from second base trying to score, and he'll score barely. And that will bring to the plate Edward House after the double off the top of the wall by Milam. Yeah, that was a curveball there from uh, Sterner, and he threw it for a strike, and uh, Milam did a great job just staying back. Almost seems like he was sitting on it. And Milan did a great job of getting it out and driving it off the wall in left center field, scoring the first run for the Gales. They'll bring House up. Edward House, 0 for 7, does have an RBI in the series. Senior out of um, California, as he will step in against uh, Sterner. And there's a good fastball over for a strike at 92. And that's where I think Sterner is the most effective is just he's throwing that fastball with velocity and, uh, you know, making it a tough pitch to hit, keeping it down, keeping it on the black on the inside and outside part of the plate. And with that last hit by to Milam, uh, it was a curveball that he hung out over the plate and was driven. So I like to see Sterner just establish that fastball. Ball popped up, should be playable. Sue, second base coming over, calling everybody off. Brian makes the play for out number two. Now, last night, uh, Coach uh, Littlewood moved Sue to first, moved Kringlin into, uh, or to second, moved Kringlin to first base to give a little more defensive presence at second. And uh, Brian Call, who's been swinging a good bat, struggled a little bit defensively at the bag. At second, they've now got him DHing. Well, that's good. It, you know, if Call is struggling a little bit defensively, take some pressure off him, uh, allow him to focus on on his hitting, and uh, maybe work on some things at second, regain some confidence, and and get back out there later in the season. Want to know the count to uh, Bryce Woolitz, freshman out of Mission Viejo. Kid can swing it well, hitting 450, limited uh, at bats, but. Uh, 
He's been good here in the series. He's got three hits and seven plate appearances. And the first two pitches are balls. Two and all the count. One run in. There's been an error in the ball game. And Willits fouls this one off. Cougars will go to Salt Lake uh, next Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, BYU and Utah for the first time this year. They'll play three times this year, twice in Salt Lake, once here in Provo. Cougars jump on the plane Wednesday, head to San Diego to take on the Toreros in what is always a uh, good series. The Cougars return here to Provo the next week to take on Utah on Tuesday and then Pepperdine coming in. 3-1 pitch. Ball fouled out of play. Up off the screen. Yeah, see, Brandon, I mean, Sterner's thrown nothing but fastballs to Willits and uh, nothing but fastballs to the previous hitter, House. And just like last week, I felt like the, the mentality was, hey, prove that you can hit my fastball. And so I'd like to see him just keep establishing and attacking that zone. As Coach Bradshaw said, throw with intent with that fastball. 3-2. Up high, ball four. So a two-out walk. And, of course, most power pitchers like to, you know, set that up. I mean, yeah. that's their that's their pitch, at least through the first time of the order. And then you yeah. might, you know, show them some of your other stuff. Well, and really, and it's showing your other stuff as a, as a strikeout pitch that they haven't seen yet. And they're, maybe they're nothing but fastballs, and it's 0-2. And then all of a sudden you show a straight change to a lefty, and he's out in front. Um but, I mean, yeah, you're right. Those power pitchers like to establish the fastball and try to get through the order as many times as they can just throwing that pitch. Jack Murphy steps in, fouls one out of play down the left field side. Murphy, uh, one for six in the series. He is a sophomore out of Alamo, California, 343 average. This Gale team hits 290 as a team. They can swing the bat. And they uh, really have... One of the better pitching staffs in the conference, but you'd never know it from the way the Cougars have handled them here in the first two games. Wallachuk and Milam, a couple of veterans that the Cougars have seen a couple of different times throughout the years. And uh, they both struggled with their command and control, and the Cougars really made them pay early. One ball, one strike, two men on, one man in here in the bottom of the first. Ball foul back. One and two. Yeah, Sterner, you can tell he's he's really just trying to find the feel for that location right now. He's missed up up and away to a few lefties here. And he's missed, a, he you know, threw one of the backstop over the catcher's head, so he's been missing up. Now when he worked in and, and hit a spot. So if he can just really try to find that feel and establish that location down, I mean, he's got the velocity, and it's going to be a tough pitch to zero in on. Pitch is up high, two and two. Yeah, you're right, Sterner, really battling that uh, pitch way out of the zone, not even close. Yeah. As we saw right there on that pitch. Coach Mike Littlewood, 199 wins, so he wins here today. I told him it'd be nice to do it on your home turf. A little extra added pressure on the coach, ball fouled off. And literally it's on the home turf. Literally. <laughs> 199 wins and 148 losses. 
for Coach Littlewood. He's in his seventh year here. Cougars with their win uh, yesterday overall against St. Mary's, 20 wins, 10 losses. And they are 10-1 and one here in Provo against the Gales. Strike three called on the inside corner. Good pitch by Sterner. One run. One hit, one error. Two runners left. We are through a half an inning. St. Mary's won. Cougars coming to the plate on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the ballpark and Brent Norton. Go to the bottom of the first inning. Brian Sewell lead it off for the Cougars. An error hit in the first, and the Gales on top here. They were on top uh, in the first half of the first inning, game one, two to nothing, and the Cougars came in, put five on the board. Carlos Lomelli is the pitcher, right-hander. And the first pitch to Brian Sue is over for a call strike. Lamelli is a sophomore out of La Habra, California, 6'2", 195, 3.68 earned run average. Lomelli does a pretty good job of hiding that baseball with that uh, delivery, and the pitch is down low for a ball. Lomelli's been over there on the bench for these first two games. I'm, I'm sure he's going in with a little trepidation, but also a lot of confidence knowing that he's got to get his get his kind of his team back on track. And there's a ball hard, hit hard to house the second baseman. He'll throw Sue out for out number one. Yeah, it's a good swing by Sue. Uh, and, and even going back to last weekend, last series, I mean, Sue's just, been ha- just had a great approach, using the middle of the field, hitting the ball hard up the middle, and uh, hit the ball hard, one hopper to second base. So good way uh, for Sue to start the game. The good swing and aggressive approach here for BYU. Yeah, Sue five for nine in the first two games here against St. Mary's. And Brian Call, who did not play yesterday, steps in, and the first pitch is outside ball one. Call, left-handed hitter. That pitch is well inside, ball two. On deck, uh, Brock Hale having a fantastic series and a fantastic week as Brock is 7 for 12 in the first three games. Call Rams this one. Left center field. Center fielder going over. He's going to dive, and he makes the catch for the out. Great play out there by Novus on a ball that was slicing away from him. Good play by Novus. Yeah, it was a really good play by Novus. He started out kind of slow toward it, uh, almost jogging maybe, just trying to figure out what the trajectory was before he went hard after it, but he ended up diving for it. So uh, I, I initially thought it was going to be in the gap for sure, but really good job by Novus tracking it down and making a good catch. Hale steps in, four home runs this week, nine RBIs. He has scored six times and the first pitch over for a strike. Slugging percentage of... Uh, 1.66 on his way possibly to conference player of the week. Maybe national if he can keep it going here in game three. That ball hit that down to the third baseman. Uh, Willits, he's got it, and he'll throw Hale out. So we're through one here. St. Mary's one. 
and BYU Nothing on your new skin BYU radio network. For more BYU baseball, let's rejoin Brent Norton. Austin Chavin will step in here in the second inning. 7-8-9 due up for St. Mary's. And Sterner's first pitch outside, ball one. Chavin uh, one for four in the first couple of games. He is a senior out of San Ramon, 295 hitter. Justin Sterner's pitch is over for a strike. Umpires in uh, today's ball game. Andrew Wolverton is the home plate umpire. Stephen Fritzoni at first. Rob Hansen at second. Travis Eggert at third base. Interesting, Rob Hansen. We had him behind the plate at Oregon and then behind the game, behind the plate, first game here against uh, St. Mary's. Not too often you see the same guy behind the plate in two straight games. Pitch is fouled off one and two. Here is the one, two, high and tight. In West Coast Coast Conference action last night, LMU did hang on, beat Portland 2-1. That was up in Portland. Uh, San Francisco beat Santa Clara uh, 10 to nothing. Santa Clara continues to really struggle. Swing and a miss. First out of the second. Pepperdine uh, came back and beat Pacific 7 to 3, and San Diego beat Gonzaga in 12 innings 4 to 2. So it's going to be a dogfight this year. I mean, there are a lot of good teams. Yeah. A lot of teams with uh, uh, double digit wins and. Uh, Everybody trying to get into that uh, top four to seedings to get into the uh, conference tournament. The end of May. That pitch hitting. Pitch to uh, Daniel Mendez. Clipped him on the jersey, and he goes down to first base. Yeah, you know, uh, Justin Sterner has been effectively wild so far almost the, the entire way through the first part of the lineup here. And uh, he's just he's missing high and in to righties or high and away to lefties. Um, he's gotten a couple strikeouts with that elevated fastball that's been in a little bit to righties, but um, he's still trying to find that location to be a little more consistent with his fastball. Here's the fastball up again. You know, sometimes you have this as a pitcher or a hitter. Sometimes you have, as a hitter you go up there and you just don't feel good up there. You just got to try to make it work and. You know, that's what Sterner's doing right now, either whether it's mechanics or mentally or with the feel of the ball. Ball pitch is uh, fouled off. Just like in any other sport in basketball, you could be just on fire hitting everything that you shoot, and then uh, the next day you go out and, you know. It you feels, know, feels yeah. a little different in your hand. Yeah, there's a lid on the rim all of a sudden. The ball is just jingling in and out. and So uh, it happens in every sport. So you just got to go out there and battle and find different ways to be effective. One ball, one strike, one man on. And one man out. There goes the runner. Swing and a miss. Throw down. And they had got him at second base. Throw was a little bit high, but Sue quickly put the tag on Daniel Mendez for out number two. The ball was swung on and, uh, and a miss. So one and two the count now with two men out. Yeah, and again, that looked like another hit and run there for the Gales. 
uh, fastball that was up and out of the zone. The hitter tried to protect, but it was just a tough pitch to hit. And a good job by Noah Hill just getting the ball out of his hand. And uh, an unorthodox slide out there at second, but Sue did a good job of getting the tag on him. One-two pitch, strike three called, and that will do it for the Gales. The run hits or errors, nobody left. We're through an inning and a half, one nothing. Gales over the Cougars on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Sports Network. All right, we'll go to the bottom of the second inning. Jackson Clough steps in. Jackson, the sophomore out of Meridian, Idaho. And he hammers one first baseman's got it. He'll shovel the ball to the pitcher at the bag for the out. Ball hit hard by Clough. Good play by Shavine out there at first base. And that will bring uh, Austin Deming to the plate. Yeah, it was a good aggressive swing by Clough. Fastball down the middle, and he, he let it go. And uh, first baseman, uh, Chavine, did a good job getting over and flipping the ball to the pitcher who uh, barely beat Clough to the bag. Deming steps in. He's one for eight with an RBI in the series. And Austin takes that pitch up high for a ball. Deming, the true freshman out of uh, Snow Canyon High School down in Santa Clara. Riley Gates, uh, senior for the Cougars out of the same uh, high school. Left-handed pitcher, and Deming fouls that one off. Just started here in Provo. If you tune in, come on down to the ballpark. Still lots of good seats. And last chance you'll have to see the Cougars play here for a week or so. Here's the 1-1 inside. You know, the uh, West Coast Conference has several great facilities. Uh, I would think uh, this and the facility in San Diego would probably be rated 1-2. Yeah. Also great facility at uh, Santa Clara. Really a good facility to watch a ball game and right on top of the action. LMU, very interesting facility. is a curveball over the outside corners. They've got the blue monster down there, down the left field line, kind of like the green monster. Except for it's not that much closer in <laughs> like it right. is in it's, Fenway. Yeah, it's a it's bomb. It's still like a 330-foot shot, and then you have a big wall out there. Deming hammers this one. Center fielder Nova's coming in. He's going to get there and make the catch. Well, uh, Lamelli's not really fooling too many Cougars. Balls have been hit hard, but just right at the Gales. Yeah, th- this is where BYU is hitters. They they may be a little frustrated because they're hitting the ball hard right at people, but they just know they have to just keep doing what they're doing. Their approach is good. They're making solid contact, and eventually the ball is going to fall and, and find a hole. Kind of going over memory of some of these other ballparks. Uh, Portland uh, was probably the worst ballpark in the West Coast Conference, but they've gone through a three-year renovation, and, and by next year they're, they're going to have that done. Beautiful facility now right uh, uh, on the near the shore of the Willamette River, right there on campus. Pitches inside, one and one. Gonzaga facility is nice, a little bit older, but uh, a, a very good baseball facility. One one pitch. Ball is fouled. The, the, the two uh, most interesting ballparks in the 
in the conference are at Pepperdine, and it's uh, it's been there for forever. How many? Yeah. Can you Since remember the school opened? It's been yeah, it's, it's just there. Late seventies, and, and they've done very little upgrades or improvements. Still to has it. the stucco, white stucco look yeah. on everywhere. And the only thing that they've done over the years is just put seats in versus bleachers everywhere. Pitch uh, is fouled off. So they have more stadium seating throughout the stadium there. But the press box, I mean, you're still doing it outside, yeah. aren't you? Press box is still original. Got a little shack. Yeah, snack hut shack. It's about eight by eight. <laughs> yeah, snack shack's <laughs> the same size, and they have a hot dog and candy. I think is all they have there. And, and then we go to San Francisco, and that's that's a ballpark all unto itself. Very interesting. That ball's hit a ton. Deep right field. Right fielder going back, looking up. This ball is way out of here. Home run by Mitch McIntyre, his third of the year, and that ties it up. At one apiece, and Lomelli again. Cougars have been tattooing him, but uh, that's the first ball that's dropped, and it dropped because it got out of here in a hurry. Yeah, Brent, uh, I mean, you talked about it. Uh, the Cougars are seeing the ball well. They're hitting the ball well off Lomelli here. He's trying to work in and out. And that was a changeup. He just left out and over the plate and just kind of hung it. And McAdair did a great job staying back and driving it, you know, three-quarters of the way up the tree over there towards May Hall and right field. So uh, a bomb by McIntyre to tie the game for the Cougars. Kringlin now steps in. He takes the pitch over for a strike. McIntyre's third home run, 17th RBI. As Mitch was hitting, I think, about 211 at the start of the week, and he's now up near 260 as he has swung the bat well here in these four games. Kringlin uh, tries to bunt, fouls it off, so he'll come back, pick up his bat with an 0-2 count. Anyway, San Francisco, we were talking about the ballparks, and yeah. that, that is the most interesting ballpark, I believe, on the face of the earth. Oh, yeah, just on a square block of right you in, know, houses. <laughs> on the hilltop in San Francisco, which yeah, is basically really right downtown. And you are just right on top of it. The ball hit pretty well. Center fielder is right there, and he'll make the catch for the out. Again, the ball hit well by the Cougars. One run, one hit, no errors, nobody left. We're all tied up. 1-1 after two innings on your new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Baseball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the ballpark and Brent Norton. Back here as we go to the third inning, Brent Norton, Cameron Coughlin uh, with BYU Baseball. Cougars looking to sweep the St. Mary's Gales here in Provo. Justin Sterner's first pitch is swing and a miss. For strike one to Ryan Novus. Novus was on by way of an error his first time up and scored the only run for St. Mary's. Go back to that discussion about that San Francisco ballpark. It's it's just hard to describe. First time I was there was about eight, ten years ago, and since then they've made some major improvements, but it's yeah. still sitting on the same city block. They just moved home plate to a different corner. Oh, so it's home plate. Where's home plate located then? Home plate is now on the northwest corner where it used to be on so, the southwest so corner. So is it where the right, down the right field line used to be? Like towards the fence no, down, down there? The le- down the left field. That left field line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the dorms are now behind first base. Right field. And, and, yeah. yeah and, then, and then over so the right field wall. Right. Okay. Cameron played there before they made the, the change. There's a ball hit pretty well. Hall going over. He's going to run it down, make the catch for the out. Good play by 
Jaron out there. But literally, uh, the press box area is about uh, 10, 12 feet behind home plate. And we are kind of below the field level. So when you call a game, you're literally looking, I mean, you know, reach out and within six, eight feet, touch the umpire. Wow. And, uh, well, and that's how the on-deck circle used to be. Oh, I don't know if yeah, right on back, top. But yeah, there's no very small space pitches over for a strike. And then the other very interesting thing about that is the entire field is is wrapped in netting. Yeah. They don't want any balls to get getting out if possible. Yeah. Because it might hit a got, car going by or it might hit a house. Dorms. <laughs> or they've the got dorms. cars. They've got buildings. They've got everything else. And well, and strike two called. For the dorms, the dorms, if anyone's been to Miller Park here at Provo, the dorms would be right behind where the stands are. I mean, that's how close they are yeah. uh, to the field. You could sit in your dorm room window and have maybe one of the better seats to the game all fouled out. So it's just an interesting place uh, to go. I uh, I remember the first couple of years I really didn't like it, but yeah. uh, it kind of grew on me pretty interesting, especially now with the improvements that they've made there. Different kind of game for sure. They've uh, they've had some good players come through the San Francisco program. Pitches up high. I just remember it was it was difficult to hit there. It felt like the pitcher was right on top of you. I mean, it was still sixty feet six inches, but just the perception. Well, the netting all around. Yeah, you, you just felt feel like you felt like a little claustrophobic, yeah. and everything was just right on top of you and happening, uh, you know, quickly. One ball, two strikes to Joe Vranish. It's up a little bit. Two and two the count. And then with it being so close to the ocean, similar to Pepperdine, the ball just doesn't really fly there. Um, you know, Pepperdine, they have Eric Thames, who's in the big leagues hitting 30 home runs a year. He played at Pepperdine, I think he hit four. I mean, <laughs> the ball just does not go out at Pepperdine, especially well, the, if you're a left-handed hitter there. You know, the, uh, the story of Pepperdine is that you can see the Pacific from – yeah. Right there over the wall. And yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful place. And it's right there on the campus, right there on Pacific Coast Highway. But it is a difficult, got to really pull it down the line, either right or left. Yeah. And hope to have a little bit of, bit of breeze behind you. Three balls, two strikes, the count to Vranish. As Justin Sterner rocks and fires, strike three called. Two men out. And that's the fifth strikeout by Sterner. Like you said, effectively wild. You know, when he misses, he's missing big. But when he's when he's throwing strikes, yeah. I'll tell you, they're right I on mean, the black. He, yeah, it was on the black, down and in. Almost an, it's just a really difficult pitch to hit as a hitter. And, uh, you know, being effectively wild can help. But I, I like what's happening here. He's just throwing his fastballs now. He's not messing around with anything else. He's just throwing strikes, trying to establish that strike zone in and out. And, uh, you know, so far the uh, the Gales haven't been able to capitalize on his fastball. The only hits, hit the tat they've had was a, a double in the gap off the wall on a, on a curveball that he hung. Pitch is hit to left field. McIntyre coming in, not going to be able to get there. And Milam with his second hit of the ball game, solid single to left. And that will bring House to the plate. He popped up 
the second baseman, Brian Sue, his first time up. House a veteran on this team. He is a senior. Average only 235 as he steps in there. Kind of a tough luck night last night as he hit a couple of balls right on the button, but right at Cougar defenders. This kid's a good player. Two men out, and the first pitch to house is uh, down low, ball one. Cougars were in the Royal uniforms, as is their, they do on Saturdays. One and all the count with two men out, runner at first base. Pitch is grounded out to uh, Clough. He's got it. He'll go all the way across the bag to first base, and House is retired 6-3. St. Mary's retired. No runs, one hit, no errors. One man left. We're through two and a half. 1-1. St. Mary's and BYU on your new skin, Sports Network. For more BYU baseball, let's rejoin Brent Norton. Noah Hale steps in. First pitch over for a strike. Brent Norton, Cameron Coughlin, bringing you Cougar baseball here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Ball fouled off also on ESPN 960 AM. Boy, you can, a lot of places you can pick up uh, the BYU Sports Network on FM 143, 107.9 FM here, State of Utah on the app. Have no excuse for not yeah. listening to Cougar baseball. Yeah, there's so many ways to listen. Here's the 0-2. No, a little looper right fielder coming in, and he is going to get there and make the catch. Second base umpire, a little delay in making the call, but Noah Hill flies out for out number one, and that'll bring uh, Jaron Hall to the plate. Jaron forced into activity with the uh, injury to Danny Jelich. Uh, Darren came in. Had hit a couple RBIs in that game. Was Just came back from football practice. Barely put his uniform on. Coach Littlewood said, is Jaron here yet? And there he was. And sent him out to right field. He this won- kid uh, needs, you know, needs some practice. Yeah. Needs some He's just skill so development. But I'm telling you, you look at him and you can yeah. see this. <laughs> He's got a good future in baseball if he wants one. Here's the 0-1. Had a tremendous spring camp apparently in football too. Was the number one guy. 12 out of 14 in the spring game. Really a nice young man. Hopefully Jello the Chill will be able to get back quickly from that uh, grade one sprain. Pitches outside for a ball. All played at uh, Maple Mountain High School. He's a freshman. <laughs> Is he done yet? <laughs> We need him to they, play center field yeah, today. You know, they played their spring game last week, and then they had three practices this week. Jaron missed the football banquet last night but because he, he was here at the ballpark, so I think he's pretty much here full-time. Yeah. It's been very fortunate that the Cougars have had all of their series here at home this uh, these last three weeks. And now the Cougars on the road, they'll be able to take him with him. Yeah, that's great. 27-man roster needs to be turned in before the series starts. It's just about hit him inside. And uh, Jaron Hall's name is on there. With his ability to run, 
Yeah. I mean, he's I just mean, expl- pinch I mean, run. He's, I mean, defensively replacement. I mean, there's all sorts of places you can use him. Yeah, he's dynamic. He's explosive in everything he does. 3-2 pitch up high, ball four, so Hall walks. Good at bat by Jaron. I mean, the way he was taking pitches, the way he was seeing pitches, it's like he's been playing every day the whole season. So credit to Jaron. Looked pretty confident out there. And I know when he off uh, a one-out walk here. You know, when he first came out in the fall, we, he came over for football practice, the Cougar coaches were stunned at how well he could hit the ball especially. And yeah. ju- you know, just his uh, skills. And uh, so they're pretty excited to have him on the team. And as we talked about last week, so is uh, Kalani Sataki, so is Jeff Grimes, the offensive yeah. coordinator, Aaron Roderick, the quarterback coach. They, they just love that Jaron's out here playing baseball, yeah. making him tough, uh, self uh, that much tougher mentally. Yeah, big credit to the football staff, Coach Sataki and Coach Grimes, uh, for just being good partners and um, allowing a kid who's good at multiple sports to be able to, to uh, excel in that. Sue hammers one foul over into the bullpen. Because it's easy, BYU. it's easy for the coaching staff just to say no. You have to choose one or the other, and then for Coach Littlewood, the same, the same thing. But for the program to be able to share athletes like that, it's just a, it's a benefit for both programs, and it's a benefit for the player. And it's it's all about what's best for the player. And if they want to play both and have that skill set, then it's great to let them do it. One one, Sue fouls it off. Well, uh, Jaron Dis definitely has a chance in both sports to move to the next level. My personal opinion, uh, not that he's not a great football player, but but uh, from a baseball perspective and what we've seen over the years, I mean, this kid, yeah, uh, focused on baseball, he would be a he'd be drafted pretty quick. One and two, ball hidden down the right field line. That ball is going to drop in, base hit. Brian Sue will hold at first base, and Jaron Hall makes it to third and. Cougars, one out, runners at the corners, and Brian Call is the hitter. Yeah, I, you know, I, we talked about Brian Sue last time. He, he lined out to center field, or uh, excuse me, to second base, hit the ball hard to second base. But again, the approach by Brian Sue with this pitcher throwing 88 to 89, trying to be, trying to nibble on the outside, nibble in, throw a frisbee slider, and Brian Sue's taking the pitch where, where it's pitched and taking it out to right field for a single. And keeping this inning going, now runners on first and third and a chance for uh, the middle lineup to do some damage. Brian Call steps in. Now uh, Eric Valenzuela, the sixth-year head coach for the Gales, uh, slowly making his way out. You can only make six visits to the mound in any one game now. That doesn't mean if it's the catcher, the shortstop, that counts. Yeah. So Valenzuela, I think that tells you how important he feels like Right now in the critical part of the game, he had the infield drawn in yeah. before he came out of the dugout. Here here we are, bottom of the third. That shows you how important he thinks it is to keep Cougar, the Cougars in check right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, BYU's not only done well offensively, but they've held the Gales and their offense with their dynamic pitching that they've had all season. Um, so to your point, it's really important for the Gales, and I think Coach Rodriguez feels this way, uh, that they're they're trying to minimize any damage that BYU can do here and try to get out, at least even if they're allowing one run, uh, trying to get a double play, trying to put some pressure on the Cougs to uh, to make something happen offensively. Coach Valenzuela heading back to the dugout. He played at Pepperdine, and he coached at San Diego State under Tony Gwynn as a pitching coach. That's kind of what he is. He's a he's a pitching 
He's head coach, but he also oversees the pitchers at St. Mary's as uh, Brian Call will step in. And the first pitch is outside ball one. Got excellent speed on the base pass. Sue can really run, as can Hall. Wouldn't be surprised to see maybe, I don't know, who knows with uh, Sue. Pitcher uh, Lamelli doesn't look too quick to the plate. And that pitch is outside, ball two. Well, you know me, Brent. I'd love, to see, I'd love to see a bunt for a hit here. And you just put everyone in motion, and it just puts a lot of pressure on the D. Uh, but, again, Call can swing the bat. So, Call lined out to left center. Good play. Robbed him of a base hit his first time up. Here's Lomelli's pitch, and Call takes that one over for a strike. Looked like a straight change there. Yeah, 2-0 change. Yeah, I'm sure, Brian, that was the last thing in the world he thought would be coming. And when you start seeing pitchers throw 2-0 changes, then 2-1, you almost have to expect he's going to come back with that same thing. If he's going to throw it 2-0, he'll throw it 2-1. Here's Lomelli at the belt and the pitch. Call takes that one outside, ball three. So the Cougars trying to take the lead here in the bottom of the third. Both teams with one run, both teams with two hits. And Call played at Mater Day High School down in California for his dad. Stepping in. And Call hammers one right field, right fielder going over. This will be deep enough to score a run as Hall scores on the sack fly. And Brian Call picks up his sixth RBI of the year. As Hall scores easily. Now two men out, and uh, that'll bring Brock Hale to the plate. Uh, Brock grounded out to the third baseman his first time up. Yeah, and uh, I I think Brian Call would be a little frustrated because I think he just missed that pitch. He just got under a little bit, hit it a mile in the air for a sack fly, so he did his job, but uh, I know he wanted to have it a little bit more than that and could have driven a little bit more, maybe close to the fence. First pitch, Hale swings and misses at a fastball at 88. Brock Hale, the senior out of Mesa. Looking to uh, pick up a hit. He's, uh, as he steps in here, he's hitting 315 on the year. And here's Lomelli's pitch. Hale pops it up. Foul out of play. Ball landed up on the roof here and came off the other side. You got to. When it lands up there, you got to be aware because it could come anywhere. Good crowd in the ballpark here tonight to cheer on this Cougar team. One seven straight. They're 20 wins, five losses. Pitches over for call strike three. Completely fooled Brock Hale there on that pitch. Cougars with a run on a hit. No errors. One man left. We are through three now. Cougars two, St. Mary's one on your new skin, BYU Sports Network.